Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to Paradox, everybody. Yep, this is Paradox, and I'm Jimmy. And I'm Josh. You know, if we don't start saying that correctly, people are going to You have to be a long-time listener. To know. In fact, we just throw it out there to throw you off. Which we've never dropped this on, but I've, I've wanted to, but I've hesitated. What if we called our longtime listeners, first-time callers, P1s? Oh, I like it. P1s? Do you know what that is? Paradoxicals. What? No. So I, maybe it's used in the radio vernacular, but a sports radio station I listen to in Dallas. But The ticket? Yes. They will call their listeners that listen all the time, all day, every day, mm-hmm. P1s, because it's position one on your car radio. P1s. I like that. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking... Our P1s would number about three. <laughs> Surely so we're So it would be the, such a small group. We're the favorite station of somebody. Your wife and my wife. Well, there's two. We got a couple of P1s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know it. Shout out, P1s. Today, we are talking about, what's the exact title? We're talking about how it's a no-no to sacrifice your marriage for your career. Yeah. But as I say that, let me clarify. Please. Let me riff a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's what Jimbo will often tell me right before the episode, just riff, just riff. You'll be great. And I'm like, I don't, I don't riff. I don't have a riffing bow in my body. So let me riff. You're riffing. But when I say career, it's not just a job. Mm-hmm. It's not just a man. We're not picking on men today because I have a lot of men that I see that feel like they're less of a priority to their wife than their kids. Mm-hmm. So even if the wife is a stay-at-home mother, her career is mothering, and often he, she can choose her kids over her husband. So n- we're not bashing men today. Women, you guys are included in that as well. I'm actually bashing men today. Josh is going to bash women, which could get him really into a lot of trouble. You don't want to be misogynistic. Uh, you want to be all for massages. Today, though, we're, we are talking, do you have to sacrifice your family in order to have a successful career. Supplies to ministry as well. Uh, Very much so. Because there's no part, even if you're part-time, there's no part-time ministry. And so ministers, you're also on the chopping block today. And there was one pastor that I have personal knowledge that actually said, hey, in order to be successful, you got to sacrifice something. And for me, it was my wife and kids. A pastor. A pastor said that. I remember Jimmy Johnson, the the coach of the Cowboys. Not the NASCAR driver? No, God rest his soul. The NASCAR driver died? No, and neither did Jimmy Johnson. I just Uh, want God to bless his soul because we won when he was coach of the Cowboys. Two Super Bowls and roughly a third. Switzer didn't win. Yeah, please. No. Anyway, he won these these Super Bowls and he said, hey, it cost me my kids and my, my wife and my marriage, but hey, I got two Super Bowl rings. He wasn't even bashful about it. So you think, oh, well, that's you have to do that then. 
you have to sacrifice your marriage and your children in order to succeed at the highest levels. But then you have the Tony Dungies of this world who also has a Super Bowl ring, and he's very much a family man who loves his wife and his kids. And but so only one. Well, that's true. Only it's one only Super. one Super Bowl ring. <laughs> but I think there is a thought that when it comes to the reality of our working lives, you know it, I know it, we all know it, career comes first. And that's what we're talking about today. I had a wife in here months ago, and she has an extremely successful corporate husband. And she said he gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he immediately goes to work. He leaves for work, you know, around 6. He's at the office before 7. He normally gets home between 7 and 8. And when she complained about this, going, hey, come on, you know, at least let's have a family dinner. I get that you have to work, but surely you can squeeze it in and we can at least have a family dinner every night. And he said, you want a family dinner? Schedule it for nine o'clock. Otherwise, move on down the road. There was a family. There is a man, one man, and I'm not picking on men, obviously, because we said we weren't going to do that. But here's one man who said, I will gladly put my wife and my children on the sacrificial altar in order to gain career advancement. And I think that is is a pretty common perception among a lot of people, especially the more successful you get, the more you may adhere to that belief. Well, sure, because the more successful you become or think you're becoming... It's confirming it in your mind. Yeah, exactly. So you obviously want to do things that you're good at, and not do things you're not good at. So the less time you're spending at home, the less good at being at home you're becoming. And so it's a natural progression to spend less time at home. And and also, you can spend literal physical time at home and yet in your mind be at the office. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people are at home, but they're not home. And so it's not necessarily just this physical presence. I thing. think it's funny because a lot of times we'll talk about teenagers who are playing Fortnite for eight hours a day, you know, or whatever. They spend their life, their best friends are their online clan partners or whatever. I don't think you can say clan in 2018. Yeah, there's a lot of clans. They have clans, clash of clans. It's a whole game. Come on. I mean, but just like clan. Like the Ku Klux Klan. Oh my gosh. Like WKKK Radio. You you saw Greater Tuna. can't say any of that stuff, Billy. Beep them out. Anyway, we would say that about kids that, hey, look, they're not successful socially. They're not ex- they're not successful at school. And so, of course, they want to spend eight hours a day in their video game world because they're highly successful. They're thought to be like, you know, a dungeon ninja. And so they want to spend as much time in that successful environment as they can. And I, it, ain't it funny that we're saying the exact same thing about a lot of the parents? is they want to spend most of their time in the environment where they're thought to be successful, whereas at home they may not be as much. So there's a problem with this. There's many problems with this, but the main... So we are created relational beings. Most of our healing comes through not only a relationship with Jesus Christ, but also just our family relationships. We were created at some level to also work, but it's not... A career and work is not a part of our, and this is going to be a uh, lack of uh, the right things to say or the correct verbiage, but it's not a part of our DNA like relationships are. Mm -hmm. We can go 
crazy without relationships, where that's not necessarily true of a successful career. And so we're created relational beings. If we cease being relational and only focus in on work, obviously that is unsettling at many layers. I think that another part of the problem is, again, I'm focusing on men, but I think this goes the same for moms that stay at home. I mean, and women who have careers, but especially men. Hey, how you doing? What's your name? What do you do? It is part and parcel of a man's identity. Is to Nowadays, he... you can't immediately ask a woman if they stay at home. Hey, Susan, nice to meet you. Do you stay at home? That um, would be sexist. So you have to also ask them what they do. Yes. When they come to the office, I do ask if they stay at home. I ask, do they stay primarily barefoot and are they pregnant at the time? And you greet your husband with a cocktail yes. in a cocktail dress. Yes. And give him his smoking jacket. But primarily men see their lives, their entire identity, wrapped up in, in their career. Their career is who they are. I see another problem. And, I, and this while is a at lot some of, level that's not wrong, sorry, that's okay, right, to ascribe some yeah. worth and value, but not all. Not all. Not the sum total of who you are. We've also, in the 21st century American church, I think we have adopted this, this Hebrew idea, this idea that came from biblical times. That we don't that eat pork. The, the Pharisees adhered to, which was people with money, that's evidence of God's blessing upon them. So I think a lot of people, a lot of Christian families, men, they believe that all advancement is God-ordained that all raises are an answer to prayer. Again, we're back to this money equals God's favor. And that's not true. I think... Sometimes the opposite. It's more often than not the opposite. I have seen Satan use money as a force of negativity more than I've seen God use money as a force for good in families' lives. At least that's what us poor folk tell ourselves. No, I come at that from an extremely wealthy uh, <laughs> position. Uh, I'm saying that as someone as who is stinking rich. Someone that's blessed by you the You don't Lord. write books and sell dozens of copies mm -hmm. and not without pocketing some coin. Literal just change. Yeah, change. You can hear it <laughs> hit the bottom. So the solution. I think internally, my point just a few minutes ago, internally, you set, whether you realize it or not, internally, because you were created a relational being, you suffer if you put all your eggs in the work basket or in the career basket. Subsequently, though, your marriage, and if you have kids, they suffer. And ultimately, it's just this disorganization from the top. And so the family is just, it creates this frustrating home life experience that almost pushes you more out the door. And so it, it, it frustrates all aspects of life outside of work. And there's just emptiness in a lot of ways with that solution. A couple of things. Most of us, most, most of us have a lifestyle that is equal to, if not slightly more costly than our income. Most. Maybe 51%. Many. We, whatever our income level is, we tend to raise our lifestyle equal to that. Therefore, 
we get married when we are young and then we grow in our careers and we have children and we want them to play soccer and we actually there's this great preschool and so oh my gosh I got a raise now we can move to this neighborhood and they have even better schools and you know we can we can lease a BMW and we don't have to actually come out of pocket to pay for it and then it builds and it builds and it builds and then we say to ourselves well I have to make this much money I have no choice but to make this much money. If I don't make this much money, this whole house of cards comes tumbling down. And the truth is, and let me, can I, would you grab that umbrella and hold it up? Because it's about to rain some truth in here. There's, there's no umbrella here. You don't have to make that much money. Hmm? You don't have to. You're talking like you have to. And you don't have to. You want to. You feel as though you need to, but you don't need to because you can downsize. Nothing says you have to drive that car. Nothing says you have to live in that house. Nothing says you have to live in that neighborhood. You want to, but you don't have to. And so when you when you look at, well, I've got to work 80 hours. I've got to, I've got to do all, I've got to take a second job and I've got to work part time. And if I didn't drive for Uber, you know, during South by, you know, we wouldn't even make you don't have to. You have to look at your lifestyle and you have to embrace the fact that it is your choice. That is your choice. So don't snivel that you have to. You know, you are living at, a, at an income level or at a lifestyle level of your choosing. Now, we've heard it said, you know, that if, you know, if, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And I really think that's true. A lot of really good, great Christians don't do horrible, obviously bad sins, but they are so busy, we are distracted from the thing God wants. So here's the thing. I believe this is another truth. So again, if you had an umbrella, it would be really helpful for you because I can see truth is starting to drip down your forehead. God wants you to be in a career that allows you to have a solid, healthy, Christ-honoring marriage and family. And if the career you have doesn't allow for that, I mean, doesn't allow for it. That if you don't do the 90 hours a week, you'll be fired. If you're in a, in a career that doesn't allow for a healthy marriage, family, Christ-centered home, then you're in a career that God does not intend for you to have. There, I said it. I'm talking about me too. I mean, this is all of us. I think we, we are so used to deflecting responsibility that we don't own it. And I'm telling you, if you say, I don't have time for church, I don't have time to get up and, and, you know, and pray with kids, I don't have time for a, you know, to have a devotion with my wife, I don't have time for this because I got to go, 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 got to go, got to make that money, then God, then Satan hasn't made you bad, but he's made you too busy for the things that are actually important. One other thing, I would tell you that you get paid for your job, but if you want to look at it this way, your career who you are, your career is to honor God in your marriage and your family. Get a paycheck for your job. But if you want an identity, if you want to identify a career, then my career is going to be having a healthy, Christ-honoring marriage and family. And I don't believe it has to be an either-or. I believe it can be a both-and. My solution, just right off the top, you have this fuel tank on a daily basis. And most of you guys will just, guys and gals, will run it dry before you ever get home and spend time with your kids. And then you're on empty after spending time with your kids or in overdrive, and then you ain't got nothing left for your spouse. 
And you've got to be aware of how much fuel you have to leave a little bit left for your spouse. You have to have energy at the end of the day to connect. Also, I have had spouses in here with fantastic marriages, and yet one or both of them might work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I have to say, had, it's not an either or. I've had marriages in here where one doesn't have a job and the other's working 20 hours a week, and they have a terrible marriage. Exactly. It's all about felt prioritization. Woo! Come on now. Woo! I have no idea what that means. Your feel, your spouse has to feel like the priority. Oh, okay. So it's not, again, this time thing. It's not, well, you're spending too much time at work. You can actually get away with spending a little bit more time at work than you normally do for a time. And yet, when you're home, you're home and you're emotionally investing in your kids as well as your spouse. And the spouse doesn't question the extra time because he or she feels like a priority. Mm -hmm. And so it's not the specific set time that you can't invest more in your work. It's about your spouse feeling like the priority. So your spouse has to feel like the priority, leaving enough fuel in the tank at the end of the day to spend time with him or her. You know, having date nights where you go out to dinner, but also just having weekly time where you're sitting down without electronics and just connecting face to face. All of those things are going to preach to your spouse that, you are the priority. To emphasize this fact that it's not an either or, you and I both have seen, have known people with extraordinary careers, people who work a lot. They have a ton of responsibility. And yet, one of the guys that I, that just is probably one of the most fantastic husbands and fathers, um, one of the most amazing believers that I've ever met in my life, he is responsible for like a dozen major hospitals, you know, in a region. He has a massive job, and yet he has been able to pull it off. So it's not a, oh, well, I guess they're saying i got to quit my job and we have to live in a trailer. No, you can have both, but you have to be very, very intentional about it. If this rings true for you and you want more information about this episode, go to ParadoxPodcast.com and check out the show notes, and you can also see our previous episodes. You can also find our socials on our website as well. And we thank you guys for listening. We'd appreciate it if you review and share. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to TherapyWithBilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to JulieLylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to ParadoxPodcast.com.